Baseball fans rejoice. It's my team, my voice. For the most baseball coverage on MTMV Sports, tune into the Out of the Pin podcast every other Friday night. Join me, Eric Boston, and the rest of the Out of the Pin baseball team as we bring you interviews, discussions, and the latest happenings from around the baseball world. It's the Out of the Pin podcast. Check out our website at outofthepinbaseball.com where you always get baseball from a fan's perspective. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the I-70 podcast where we are talking Missouri baseball. I am Eric Boston and with me is my my buddy and my co-host, Farron Peterson. He is on the MTMV Sports phone line. Farron, how are we doing? I am doing great. I am uh, excited to get this podcast started. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for a while now. We, we started talking about that, I don't know. Couple months, a month ago, a couple months ago, I want to say. Yeah. And I've uh, just been looking forward to it, and uh, time's finally here, so I'm ready to go. Definitely, and I think there's uh, uh, some other reasons that you're probably a little bit excited that we're going to get into in just one second. Um, but yeah, oh, man, I, yeah, I, I'm excited as well, dude. It's it's going to be fun. Um, so we are talking baseball within the Show Me State, uh, the state of Missouri. Obviously, we're focusing on. Uh, your favorite team, the St. Louis Cardinals, and my favorite team, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, but uh, for those who may not know, there's a lot of good baseball in the state. You got minor league ball, a lot of good college ball, and we may be dabbling into some of that as the show moves on. Uh, but tonight, it's all about the big league teams. And uh, you know, if you're listening to us, you're going to be listening to us on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network. Guys, you can hear us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, basically anywhere that you listen to your podcast, you're going to find MTMV Sports. And for Android users, if you download the Podcast Republic app, you can get it exclusively for Android on there. Um, All of your favorite podcasts right to your device. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Farron, before we jump into it, man, tell the people where can they follow you on social media uh, you can find me on twitter it's at Farron pjr and also um, on the cardinals page it's uh, at cardinals take on twitter at cardinals take be the best way to find me awesome awesome and guys you can find me at eric boston three that's eric boston and the number three uh hit us up love to talk to you guys on there uh we are an affiliate of alpin baseball um outofthepinbaseball.com if you want to check us out it's pretty awesome and we just want to you know talk about what's going on with the Cardinals and Royals with you guys and Farron I think the biggest thing uh, going on right now in the state of Missouri is that the Cardinals have themselves a new first baseman yeah we got a, a new first baseman and a pretty good one at that so got <laughs> Goldschmidt yesterday in a Same. trade with the, uh, the Diamondbacks and uh St. Louis fans are pretty happy about that. Yeah, I would say that uh, pretty good is a bit of an understatement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whenever you talk about one of the best players currently in the game, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's only you know like a, a top five hitter in baseball, so that's all. We're, we're pretty we're pretty happy to have him. I know I know Arizona fans are pretty sad to see him go. He's uh, the face of their franchise. And, 
he's a star in the league and uh, something that we've uh, that is a type of player that we've needed for for several years now. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a Royals fan, I definitely would not have hated to heard the news that you know maybe Paul Goldschmidt was coming to the Royals, uh, but that wasn't going to happen. However, it does seem very much like a St. Louis type move. Goldschmidt seems like a St. Louis player. Um, I, I think around here we kind of know what that means, but but how would you define it? like what is a St. Louis Cardinals player, and how does Goldschmidt kind of fit that mold? Well, Goldschmidt, he uh, he, he does it all. I mean, he's a he's a great hitter. Just said a minute ago, um, he he hits for power, he hits for average, and he's he's consistent. And that's what uh, that's what he's known for. I mean, he has been one of the best first basemen since 2013, and uh, he just you know he's almost guaranteed to get get 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, hit for 300 about every single year. And he's not too old. I mean, we're looking at a 31 year old guy. Um, still plays pretty good defense. He he runs the bases well. Um, that's something that we've needed for a while. Is a guy that just knows how to play baseball. That's what that's what the Cardinals really need right now. It's just a just a, a guy that knows how to go out there, do the right things on the field, do the right things off the field as well. He's a really good guy, from what we can gather. And uh, yeah, we're, we're we're pretty excited right now. Yeah, so so let's just look at the resume for a second here, Farron. Uh, you have, like you said, 31 years old, um, six-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger winner, three-time Gold Glove winner. And when we look at the the numbers he put up in 2018, you're looking at a 290 batting average, 33 home runs, 83 RBIs. Um, you know, when you get into those more advanced numbers, uh, an OBP of 389. He slugged 533, and his OPS was 922. All that added up to 5.4 WAR. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and and what's sad is that might be considered a slight down year for Goldschmidt. Yeah, yeah, he started off the season pretty slow. I think he was better at 200 for the first month or so. Um, Around May, June, I want to say I was I wasn't watching all those games, but uh, uh, you just hear you know when star players aren't doing too well. And I, I just remember hearing last year that right. he, he started off real slow, but he picked it up. I want to say like I said May or June, and was just batting like three thirty for the rest of the year. So he was on fire for the rest of the season, and uh, he was able to raise his average up and still put up you know consistent numbers, you know that go along with what he's put up throughout his career. So. He's a, he's a pretty consistent player. Definitely. So um, walk us through uh, the the package that St. Louis had to give up to get Goldschmidt. Uh, you know, a couple of names I think you know people are going to f- be familiar with, but then you have you know a third piece in there that maybe not so much. Uh, what what did St. Louis have to do to get Goldschmidt from Arizona? Oh uh, yeah, we gave up uh, three players and a draft pick. Uh, the draft pick is just a comp pick next year. Uh, Second round comp, right? I, yeah, yeah. It was just for being a uh, you know, you know, like smaller cities get it. Kansas City, St. Louis. Uh, we, we just get a comp pick, and that just kind of helps out uh, smaller markets. Um, that's that's what the purpose of that is. We we gave that up, so it wasn't a huge deal. For St. Louis, but uh, I I really feel like right now that was that was a pretty big that was one of the bigger pieces of the trade. Um, we gave up Carson Kelly. He's a uh, he's a pretty young catcher. 
he was a top prospect a couple of years ago, and he really hasn't panned out, but he hasn't had a lot of playing time either. Right. Um, he's a pretty good defender. His uh, batting average hasn't been the hasn't been the greatest. Batting under, I want to say like 150 for his uh, his major league career so far. But like I said, that's not a lot of sample size. Yeah. Uh, well, and the other player we gave up. Oh, I was just say, and us being in Southwest Missouri, you know, we're we're close to Springfield, and that's where the Cardinals Double A team is. So, you know, we've been able to see Carson Kelly. We know that there's talent there, but like you said, um, just inconsistency in his time at the major league level. So, I think it's, you know, there's some uncertainty as to what he can really do at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think uh, moving to Arizona is really going to help him out because he's going to get a whole lot more playing time. He's not he's not being blocked by Yadier Molina. Right. Uh, you know, Yadier plays about every single day, and uh, that all that allows Carson Kelly to do is sit on the bench or stay in the minor leagues, which is what he did most of last year. He sat on the in the minor leagues and uh, didn't really play at all last year in the majors. I don't. I think he had maybe a couple of bats. I can't recall, but. That just kind of tells you. I can't even recall him being up on the major league team. I'm sure he was later in the year when they had call ups, but yeah. he didn't play. Uh, didn't play a whole lot last year, and that's just that's not good for our young players' growth. You know, you want him to be out there. You want, you want him doing something besides sitting on the bench. So definitely. And then you also gave up uh, uh, Weaver in the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke Weaver. He was a uh, a pretty young starting pitcher for us. Um, First year he came up, he did he did pretty good. He struck out a lot of a lot of batters. Had a pretty good strikeout ratio. Um, pretty excited to have him at that point in time. You know we we're looking forward to him being in the rotation for years to come. And then comes 2018 last year, and he just he regressed a lot. Um, he didn't didn't take a step forward like we had all hoped he would. And um, kind of lost his spot he uh he got sent down to triple a at one point and came back up and then he was kind of in and out of the out of the bullpen a little bit he'd start as well occasionally but i think uh if he was still on the cardinals he would probably start the season in the bullpen or at triple a yeah so um from the cardinals perspective we didn't give up a whole lot Regarding Weaver, he wasn't going to help us out immensely this season, at least. But he does have a lot of potential, so I think Arizona will be happy to get him if they can work with him and kind of kind of give him a third pitch. He, he has like two pitches right now, and he just needs to work on a third pitch. It's his biggest issue right now. Okay, so here's my question for you, Farron. Uh, obviously, I, I think that you know St. Louis made a good move here. They didn't um, have to part with anything you know just like too terrible that's going to impact them you know long term right um but yeah. when we're looking at the long term of uh st louis in this roster now that goldschmidt's a part of it one thing you do have to keep in mind is that um he is only signed through the 2019 season uh eligible for free agency after next year i mean you, you got to think that uh the cardinals don't make this move Unless they feel pretty confident on being able to re-sign him uh, next season. Yeah, yeah, the Cardinals are pretty confident they're going to be able to re-sign him. I mean, the same thing happened with Jim Edmonds and uh, and Matt Holiday. You know, they make a trade for a player that's never played here before, and 
once they get here, they just kind of fall in love with the city and the, and the fan base and the, and the organization to see how things are ran. And, and uh, they're, they're pretty confident that he's going to he's going to resign here and stay here for, be here for the long run at least. So I don't think we're too worried about that. Um, I think what's on most Cardinals fans mind right now is just his age you know he's going to be going into he'll be 31 year old he's 31 right now he'll be playing his 31 year old season 2019 when we resign him he'll be 32 so you're looking for if you resign him to a five-year deal he'll be 37 yeah by the time that that's up 36 37 depending on how long they resign him and uh i think that's what's uh what's uh, making some people nervous at this point but that's not to say that you shouldn't give him the deal just because of age is a number for some players exactly well and he and he's um, you know solidifying a spot that you guys have really been kind of searching for since the departure of Albert Pujols uh, after the 2011 season um, yeah and, and honestly like you know you, you see a lot of, of comps for different players and you know he may be one of the closest ones to Albert uh, that the game yeah, has at this point. Yeah, for sure. We haven't had a haven't had a solid first baseman since Pujols left. I mean, we put Carpenter over there occasionally. We had Matt Adams there as well, but uh, we haven't really had a, a good defensive first baseman either. Which is another uh, thing that Pujols brings to this team is he's a really good defender. We brought up earlier. Won a couple of gold, a few gold gloves, and uh, that's going to make a huge difference to this team. In addition to his his bat, so yeah, we haven't had a player, a first baseman this good since Pujols has left. So we're we're pretty excited. I think uh, Tony Larissa came out today or yesterday and said that, in his opinion, Goldschmidt is the closest thing to Pujols. I, I believe it. I believe it. I mean, um, both just dominant right-handed bats. Um, let, let me ask you this, Farron. Um, now that Goldschmidt is on this roster, what's, what, what do you feel is the one spot that the team really needs to focus on uh, going forward this offseason? It would be the uh, number two hitter. This team, uh, moving into the offseason, we like the number two and the number three hitter. Obviously, we got Goldschmidt, as we just uh, talked about. He'll be he'll at number three, but we just don't have a guy to put in the two hole. Um, I mean, I think the Cardinals would like to put Dexter Fowler there. That's their plan at this point, is to start the season with Fowler. You know, being the right, everyday right fielder and um, batting him with two holes. So that's their plan. But Dexter Fowler, I mean, he bat, he batted under 200 last season. So um, a lot of Cardinals fans aren't, aren't too excited about having him as our everyday player. Um I think we all wish that he would, you know, do do better than what he did last year because it was just a really bad year. He broke his foot towards the end of the year and just set out after Schilt got hired on. But um, I think that's where the Cardinals need to put all their focus is who's going to bat, who's going to play in right field for him this year. I know uh, a lot of a lot of people want him to sign Bryce Harper, myself included. Um, it's kind of hard to say if they're going to do that, especially after just trading for Goldschmidt, but right. I'm kind of curious to see what Mo and, and Gersh decide to do this offseason. Yeah. If you were to get a, a guy like Bryce Harper, you could bat Goldie at the, put him at the two spot, Harper at three, then you'd have a at four, and then you're, you're good to go. You're on at the set, but 
But at this point, we're looking at Fowler or Jose Martinez being the right fielder and batting second, and then Goldschmidt three and Ozuna four. But but still, the the number two spot in the lineup is the uh, the biggest the biggest hole right now. That and a a left-handed uh, utility bat. So maybe a guy like Daniel Descalso could make a return to St. Louis, but yeah. like to like to see where where Mo goes from here. Yeah, and I mean, I know that uh, you've got kind of a bit of a man crush going on Bryce Harper there, but it's hard seeing St. Louis spending that kind of money, I think, that it's going to take to bring him in. Uh, but Goldschmidt is not a bad, um, you know, second option, we'll say, uh, by any means. And guys, yeah. if you haven't been on com, jump over there. Um Lots of great articles. We have different affiliates as part of the platform, like we are, uh, that you can check out. You know what they got going on, other podcasts, uh, pretty cool stuff. And I'm sure that we'll probably, I, I don't know, I just feel it in my gut, Farron, that at some point we're going to get some more uh, uh, of your opinion on what St. Louis is doing. Um, obviously, you had an article on there, what was it, last week? where you're breaking down three of the top choices for St. Louis and Goldschmidt happened to be on that list and right. and here he is. So maybe you're you're a bit of a psychic maybe. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> Cardinals were rumored to to be interested in Goldschmidt and uh, he he makes he makes a lot of sense for this team. If uh if you're not going to dish out 350 million for a guy like Harper or Machado, I mean Goldschmidt, you can get him at a reasonable deal which as the Cardinals did, you know, so yeah, I say I think he was he was a pretty good fit for the team. So, all right, so we're gonna go from a guy who the Cardinals brought in to a guy who they kind of sent packing earlier this year, and that is former manager Mike Matheny, um, who you know now is in Kansas City as a special advisor, a special assistant to uh, general manager Dayton Moore. Um, let's just kind of you know look at that kind of timeline a little bit, Farron, whenever um, the Cardinals ultimately fired Matheny uh, earlier in the summer. And just from, from a Cardinals fan's perspective, um, just walk us through that. You know, what, what was that like? Were you um, happy with the move? Were you upset by it? What what were your thoughts whenever they let uh, Matheny go? Well, see, the Cardinals, before this 2018 season, we had already missed the playoffs two years in a row, which is, you know, unheard of in St. Louis. Cardinal fans are pretty spoiled, you know, competing every year. But when you have a team like Chicago and Milwaukee this year, um, making a run in the playoffs, um, you know, the the division's stacked. So we get a lot of of talented teams in this division, um, which puts more pressure on the Cardinals to do good. But it's still uh, pretty hard, you know, as a Cardinal fan, to uh, to see your team not make the playoffs, and uh, it's hard for, you know, you know Mo and you know Bill DeWitt, you know they want to be in the playoffs. Um, so change had to happen, um, and I think they made the right move in letting Matheny go. Um, I was shocked when it happened, but um, I'm, I'm I'm glad it happened, but I was shocked. So they. They had some issues with Dexter. Matheny had some issues with Dexter Fowler there right before, right, right before he got fired. Um, him and 
Tyler were not communicating too well regarding an injury, and uh, um, that may have led up to it. But I think it was overall. I think it was just the team's performance that uh, had more to do with it than anything. They were sitting about five hundred whenever they let him go. Um, yeah, they were they were one game above five hundred. They were one game above. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Forty-seven and forty-six um, on the season. Whenever they let him go, but like you said, they're in a you know in a, in a division with you know a Cubs team that has recently won a World Series, and then um, you know a Milwaukee team that came up just short of a World Series really this year. Um, so I guess the question is, was was it really? Can you, can you put all of the blame on Matheny, or did, did no, they get... No, I I really can't. I don't put all the blame on Matheny at all. I'd put, you know, if I had to split it up, I'd put 25% of the blame on Matheny, uh, probably 50% on the front office, and then the remaining on the players. But, um, I mean, the front office, they didn't, they didn't give Matheny a whole lot to work with, but... The players that Matheny did have, he, he wasn't making the best uh, best deci- best decisions. You know, he'd change the lineup every other day. You know, a player would get hot, and they, then he'd put him on the bench and rest him, and it would just kill his hot streak. So that happened pretty consistently. And then he uh, he made some some strange uh, pitching, you know, bullpen decisions. He'd just he'd also burn up the you know the young players' arms like Kevin Seegers, a few others out there. He'd just bring them, bring the young guys in and, and burn their arms up and. A lot of Cardinals fans just really didn't like it. Um, but, I mean, to talk about Matheny as a, as a manager, he was he was a pretty good manager. Um, but he did, he just had some, thing, had some things to work on that uh, he'll have some things to work on. And I think he'll improve upon whenever he, uh, you know, if he gets another shot in the majors. So, yeah, and, and if we're looking at that next shot, I mean, obviously right now he's, in a special assistant role here in Kansas City. You know, as soon as he was let go, the rumors began that he would end up with the Royals in some form or fashion. Um, and then it, it, it didn't happen until the off season. but ultimately, you know, winter hit and bam, there he is in Kansas City. And so it's very similar to how current manager Ned Yost uh, kind of came to the Royals as well. You know, he had been... Um, you know, having some success with the Brewers, uh, did end up getting fired, and not long after that, joining as a special assistant to Dayton Moore, and ultimately taking over the manager's job from uh, Trey Hillman. And of course, you know, Yost has had a lot of success getting the team back to the playoffs, getting back to back to World Series, getting a championship. Uh, but he is getting older, and there's a lot of thought that uh, 2019 could be his final season. Um, and so the you know the, the, the rumors and, and the whispers are all oh well they're bringing Matheny in to to take over for Yost and I don't know like as a Royals fan I have some reservations there I don't think they are misplaced um, so I, I just wanted to kind of run those by you and, and let you tell me from someone that you know watched him for the better part of six seasons running your team. T- tell me if I'm off base with my thoughts here. Um, because when we look at the, that St. Louis team that Matheny inherited, um, you know, they're coming off of a World Series win. Uh, you know, they had a good team. Uh, he had veteran players that knew how to play and win. And, and I think you, you might be able to contribute some of that 
success to that fact because, I mean, when you look at his uh, career as a manager at this point, he's got, you know, a high, above 500 winning percentage. Um, you know, and that's not the case in Kansas City right now. We're, we're rebuilding. We have a lot of young players. And Matheny's not known as a manager that, you know, is good at developing the young guys. He'd rather have those veterans. Um, so if he indeed is slated to possibly take over for Ned Yost, uh, I'm a little nervous. I don't know that that's the right move for this franchise. Am I off base there, Farron? No, I wouldn't say you are. Um, the reason I say that is because Bethany, he did he did really well his first uh, couple years as the first two years as the Cardinals manager. He inherited a pretty good team. Pujols just left, but uh, we, we signed Beltran, and he did pretty good for us. Um, he got... Matheny got us to a World Series in 2013, which we lost to the Red Sox, as you all know. But um, Matheny's uh, quality of players that Matheny had on that roster, you know, it it diminished each and every single season, it seemed like. So uh, once Matheny didn't have the uh, the players to work with that he would prefer, uh, it seemed like the team was just doing worse. So he does need... Uh, high quality veteran players to uh, to be successful. I know you guys have have a couple. You got uh, Merrifield and Salvador Perez, so that'll give him something to work with. Um, he does bring a pretty good leadership over to that team, so I'll be too scared, too worried about Bethany. Um And you know, as they always say, managers do better the second time around. They learn from the mistakes, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. But um, if anything he, he he does need to work on some things um as i mentioned earlier you know use of the bullpen and in lineups but but um, i think you guys have have a pretty good potential manager for for two years from now but uh i guess that's to be seen yeah yeah we'll definitely see because you know before hiring Matheny, um dayton moore said for a while that they did have a succession place in plan for ned yost and that the next manager was already in the organization. So if, if Yost calls it quits after 2019 and Matheny does take over, then, you know, that kind of proves that narrative false. And I don't, I don't know. I don't think uh, Dayton Moore necessarily wants to be seen as a guy that's, you know, not truthful. Um, so it would be very interesting to see. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised one way or another if that is what he is brought in for to eventually take over that manager spot. Um, but at the same time, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone else either. So only time's going to tell on that, and we'll definitely be watching that close. Uh, we're going to be seeing, you know, you know, first of all, is this indeed the last year for for uh, Ned there in Kansas City or not? Um, yeah, guys. So stick with us on outofthepinbaseball.com, and as these kind of storylines unfold, guys. We're going to give you articles, we're going to give you podcasts, uh, giving our opinion, our thoughts on it, uh, and it's always, always from a fan's perspective, guys. You can check us out, outofthepinbaseball.com, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, join our Facebook group, just get to chatting about baseball, guys, we would love it. Um, Farron, I think we got one more guy that we want to talk about, and... and you know, let, you know, we've talked about a guy who has come into St. Louis and Goldschmidt. We've talked about a guy who left St. Louis and now is in Kansas City. 
in uh, Mike Matheny. Let's talk about a theoretical. This is a guy who's out there on the free agent market right now as we speak, but that spent all but half a season of his big league career playing in the state of Missouri. Um, and I honestly feel like he could be a legitimate option and a fit for either one of these teams, either in St. Louis or Kansas City. Um, I think you know who I might be talking about, right? Yeah, I think his uh, name is Mike Moustakis. Am I correct? You, you are correct. The The moose is 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 loose out there with a, a team at this point. Uh, and I don't know. I just I think that, um, you know, coming back to Kansas City where he's had a lot of success in his career um, is a – I think it could be – a very smart play for both the player and the organization. Um, but you know what? I think there's also a fit for him in St. Louis as well. Um, I, I, I don't see it right now as being a fit for him in St. Louis. I mean, coming into the offseason, what we needed was a, was a third baseman and a left-handed bat because Cardinals wind up is real, real uh, right-handed heavy. And, um, we had, at that point in time, we had Carpenter slated at first base and Jerko over at third. Jerko, he, he's an average player. He's not too good. He's best coming off the bench just being a, a role player, but not an everyday starter. And if we, uh, before we signed Goldschmidt, if we could have signed Stockus, that would have been a great fit. But um, now we've got Carpenter over at third. He's going to be an everyday third baseman. And then Goldschmidt at, at first. Then we've got uh, Paul DeYoung over at, at short. And, of course, Colton Wong over at second base. Um, so I, I think our infield is set. But, um, but, but yeah, before, before we sent Goldschmidt, I think he would have he been a perfect fit. Now, there are some things that could, that could change that. Um, well, let, let, me, let me propose this. That, but. Let me propose this to you, Farron. And here's why I think he's still a good fit. Um, and that comes down to Colton Wong. He's, Colton Wong's been a player that St. Louis has kind of been rumored to be looking to deal for a little while. Um, if they were able to land a guy like Moose, because like you said, I mean, it's still a righty-heavy lineup, so he could bring some balance to that. He's got power back. He's got a good glove over at third base. Um, maybe this is the time where they cash in that Colton Wong chip and uh, you know add to another part of the roster. Or, like you were talking about earlier, Kind of uncertainty in the corner outfield there. Perhaps, perhaps they try to shift Carpenter or Wong to the outfield. I know they've played with Wong in the outfield a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. But I mean, when you're when you talk about Colton Wong, I mean he's arguably the best defensive second baseman in baseball. Um, I think he got robbed by D.J. LeMahieu last year, winning the Gold Glove in the National League. So I don't think they'd, they'd consider moving him from second to the outfield. They tried that a couple years ago. They moved him to center. But uh, he, didn't, he didn't do too well. I think he plays a little center center field in college. But um, I think if we, if, we had, if we had Colton Wong, I think he's, he's, a, he's a lock at second base. But if we did trade him, um, yeah, I could see I could see. Carpenter moving to second, and stock is moving to third. But um, honestly, if you were to ask me, I don't. I don't think we trade him. I think we hold on to him. The Cardinals have a lot of uh, have a lot of. They have a. They they really like Colton Wong, and, and they think he's the they think he's the future um, 
at second base for this team. I think he's going to be there in the long run. And they don't think they've seen the best of him either. So he just needs to uh, get his get his hitting together. Uh, he raised his defense last year to a level we hadn't seen prior. Um, he, I know 2017, 2016, he was making a lot of mental mistakes in the infield. He seemed to shore that up. He was diving all over the infield last year, stopping balls from coming through, and just making incredible plays. So I think his defense is there, just needs to get his hitting back on track, and uh, I think he's, I think, I think he's going to be there for the long run, in my opinion at least. So. Okay. Well, let's talk about Moose and the possibility of him coming back to Kansas City. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy who made a couple all-star teams as a Royal Obviously, is a World Series champ in 2015 with them, and when we look at you know, this is his second year to hit free agency in a row. Uh, last year, you know, the bottom kind of fell out of his market, and there just wasn't much action for him. And whenever the Royals saw Eric Hosmer depart for San Diego and Lorenzo Cain, um, you know, heading to Milwaukee, um, you know, that was rough on the fan base, obviously, because these are guys that really turned the franchise around. Uh, so Dayton Moore took advantage of that slow market and was able to bring Moose back in. Uh, it was obviously a move that fans really enjoyed. Of course, we knew that they probably weren't going to be competing this year and ultimately were worse than what most people expected. Um, so that you know led to Dayton Moore flipping Moose at the deadline to the Brewers as they made their uh, postseason push. Um, and, and getting you know a really good young outfielder and Brent Phillips for him. Um, now I think that he, if you're looking at Moose, he's not going to want to sign one of these one-year plus an option-year type deals that he did last year. He's going to be looking at you know probably at least a three-year deal. Um, but I think I think with the moves that Kansas City has made and and some of the young guys coming up from the minor leagues and playing well and late in the season, uh, you see the potential there in Kansas city and, and out of all those everyday positions, third base is the biggest question mark at this point. Well, third, third, third and first, honestly, but you could help, you know, solidify third base by bringing moose back and maybe make that first base, uh, spot a little clearer with maybe a platoon over there of like Hunter Dozier, Ryan O'Hearn, um, so I, I think Moose fits into this rebuilding narrative that the Royals have going on because at 30 years old, you know, he's still got several good seasons left in him. You pair him back up, like we said with Salvador Perez, you know, the the best catcher in the American League, you know, in my opinion, and I don't think it's just me being a homer on that one. Uh, Moose or Salvi is just stinking good. You got Merrifield. Um, you got. You know, some young talent. Aldoberto Mondesi at shortstop is looking like a stud um, as he's developing. I, I don't know. I think I think Moose makes sense in that puzzle um, for the Royals, and obviously he's comfortable in Kansas City. You look at his uh, production once he got to the Brewers. While it wasn't terrible, it still fell off from what he was, especially from a power standpoint. M- Moose knows how to hit. You know, when he's in that Royals lineup, he knows how to hit for power. Uh, so why not come back to a place that you know and you're comfortable with? 
Yeah, I, I agree. He, uh, I think he would make a perfect fit for Kansas City just because he's been there almost his entire career minus the half season he spent in Milwaukee last year. Um, just seeing him go back home where he belongs, I, I think that would just feel good for a lot of Royals fans, seeing him there at third base every day. And uh, he would help out the young guys too. You know, he's got championship experience. He can he can set, set the tone in the locker room and uh, the clubhouse and just give him the, give him the mindset. Him and Sal, we can, can do that together and help build this team back up into a playoff. Yeah, and and I don't know if it uh, if it means anything or not, Aaron. But I'm just going to throw this out there to you. So I'm looking at Baseball Reference. So when we look at uh, Goldschmidt's page, they've already got him in a St. Louis hat on his page. We look at Mike Mustakas, and he's wearing a Kansas City hat on there, not a Milwaukee cap. Kansas City. Maybe uh, Baseball Reference knows something we don't. Maybe they do, and I think you know. Okay, so. this is just a kind of side story, um, but like when it comes to Mike Mustakis and Eric Hosmer, um, you know I was excited about. I knew that they projected to be good players. They projected to be potentially really good players, and so I think whenever they came up together, um, you know I kind of braced myself after you know watching a lot of losing baseball in Kansas City basically my entire life. I, I kind of was just preparing myself, okay, they'll be here for six years, and they're probably going to leave once they're eligible for free agency. Um, and, you know, I, with Haas, that's what happened. He's now a Padre. Uh, Moose coming back and, you know, not – and just going about his business out on the field last year while he was in Kansas City um, – you know, it, it gave me more appreciation for him. So I would honestly love to see him back, you know, man in third base in 2019 for us. I, I hope it happens. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I hope it happens. I think uh, most of the Royals fans hope it happens. Um, he just, he's, he's, a, he's a really good player for that team. He has been his whole career. You know, he's won multiple gold gloves and uh, hits for power. Uh competed in the home run derby a couple years ago so I think he's a big time player for Casey that they'd love to have him back if they can get him yeah and, and it's there's probably not a lot to look forward to this offseason for Kansas City I think they're going to be pretty quiet you know letting these young guys develop but that would be a, a huge move that would mean a lot to the fan base definitely so we're going to be watching out you know seeing what goes on you know not only with Mike Moustakis but with with the entire Royals franchise with the entire Cardinals franchise as this winter progresses, guys, um, you know there's been a lot of exciting stuff already happened. You know we were talking about that on the Out of the Pen podcast, um, but I think there's more in store, and, and I, I, you know, we're going to be watching real close what these two teams here in the state of Missouri are doing, um, and I'm hoping that there's a lot of stuff and a lot of exciting stuff that we can talk about uh, when we get back here for the next episode, Farron. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking there will be a whole lot to talk about. You know, we have uh, winter meetings coming up, and, uh, you know, really, it's, it's a long off season, and a lot can happen a month from now, so I think there will be plenty to talk about, and uh, we'll be sure to be sure to discuss all the hot topics at that time. Yeah, and like Farron said, guys, we're going to be doing this uh, podcast once a month. Uh, look for us right you know, around that first Saturday of the month coming out. Um, and, of course, it's going to be on MTMV Sports, uh, where you can catch 
you know, podcasts that cover a wide range of the sporting world from baseball to basketball, football, uh, MMA, wrestling. Lots of options, guys. So check it out MTMV Sports on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast, guys. And, and that's uh, My Team, My Voice for the people. Oh, yeah. My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network. Good call on that, Farron. Appreciate that, bud. Um, anything that you want to say before we get out of here tonight? Um, no. Uh, good luck this off season. Um, I'd like to see KC make some moves to improve their team for the future. Um, I know Cardinal fans are waiting for uh, for a few other things to happen. You know, sharp <laughs> the bullpen, maybe get another utility bat. Yeah, and, I was uh, going to say good luck so, to you as well, but I mean, shoot, whenever you've got a Goldschmidt. I don't know if there's much. Let, let me ask you this before we leave. It, with the addition of Goldschmidt, where do you feel like that puts the Cardinals in comparison to the Cubs and the Brewers at this point looking at 2019? Well, I don't think we're I still right now we're just getting Goldschmidt. I still don't think we're good enough to win this division. Um, I mean, you've got Milwaukee. Their bullpen is fantastic. And I think that's where we need to improve. We have to get a lefty relief pitcher in there to have any chance probably need to get a, a lefty relief pitcher and a pretty good righty we're looking at like Jarvis Familiar somebody like that um, that can come over and uh, it's got closing experience but I mean if we can if we can uh, get a couple bullpen pieces and uh, you know, I mean Bryce Harper he wasn't hurt either you know if we can uh, <laughs> if we can get but if we can get a couple bullpen pieces I think uh, I think we got a, a really good shot to make a make a pretty deep playoff run this this coming season but yeah, we got to sharp that bullpen though alright definitely so join us uh Back here in January, guys, we'll see what's going on uh, around the baseball world in the show-me state of Missouri, and we will see you then. Want to stay up to date with Yankees baseball? Listen to Bronx Bombers Beat with me, Nate Shelton, every Monday, right here on MTMV. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice.